Welcome to Coach's Corner with your host Ryan Watson and Jonathan Bourne, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partner with 440 Sports. Find all of our great content and more at broadwaysportsmedia.com. I've had a couple interviews past couple times, past couple shows for you. We are joined again tonight by a special guest, Mike Herndon of F Words Pod fame. Mike, how you doing tonight? Not that special. I mean, let's be honest. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I, I, I like hearing from you, man. I like your breakdowns on, on, on Twitter, and I like uh, your stance on things generally. It helps that I agree with most of them, so, so that goes well for us. Uh, but we just that wanted does to, help. It does help. I know, Jonathan, and, and you've gone back and forth on some stuff before as far as just exchanging ideas. So it's always good to talk with, with like-minded people, and I, and I don't mean like-minded as far as opinions, but I just mean that people can be rational about football and, 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 and talk about things. Although we can, we can become unrational at some point in time with certain, <laughs> certain stances for sure. Absolutely. I mean, what's the, what's the fun of football if you can't be unrational about some things? Yeah, I know. And I, I know I go on my tangent sometimes if, if somebody strikes a chord, I know offensive lines are rather personal uh, to me. And then uh, Jonathan, I don't know if anything ever messes you up or, or gets you upset in the world. Um, very tall people. And, and <laughs> that's wow. about it. Wow, I feel attacked. Shots right fired. Off the bat. Shots fired. Mike, and you, you go what? Like like five eleven, six foot flat, Mike? <laughs> yeah, some, something like that. We're definitely within like six or seven inches of that. Oh yeah. Well, we give or take, right? So we're right there. Yeah. So uh if I if I had a nickel for every time I used that statement. <laughs> So we're in, we're off the rails within oh, it's, five minutes. You know I, what this though? Is perfect. This is exactly what I wanted. Just get off the rails, get, get deep. <laughs> so speaking of tall orders, the, uh, the Tennessee Titans really seem to put themselves in a hole, uh, with some of their decisions early on in free agency, kind of leading us to, as we, we have a, a chat a little bit back and forth. I mean, we might be involved in a company who knows, uh, but we've been talking back and forth about kind of where would they go? What are they doing? Let's just start with, with that, as far as what they were losing, you know, cutting uh, Dennis Kelly, Adoree cut, uh, you know, letting uh, Corey Davis and John Smith walk seem to be the four big pieces, but what, what, what was your take on all of that? Was there anything that, that pains you anything more than the others? You know, I, I thought the Dennis Kelly cut was kind of the strangest one, uh, which I, I know it's not necessarily like the biggest one, uh, you know, necessarily he was probably the, um, you know, and I don't say this to disparage Dennis Kelly, who played good football for the Titans for, for a few years. He's probably the worst starter on offense last year. Um, you know, and that's that's more of a compliment to the other 10 guys than it is a knock on him. But, you know, when you cut your 11th best starter, usually it's that's not a huge deal. But they also only saved like, I think, three three point five million ish somewhere around there. They didn't save a ton of money by doing it and. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe they, they think Kendall Lamb is better for, for what they want to do. Um, you know, I always thought Kelly was a little bit of an odd fit for for the offense, um, the way that they want to run, uh, you know, all that wide zone and, and stuff like that. And Kelly's, you know, big and long and, and was able to kind of effort his way into to making some of those reach blocks and stuff like that. But he was never – he's never, you know, a dancing bear or really fleet of foot. So I, I thought it was a little bit odd. Um but the other ones, you know, obviously, you know, people got upset by the the cuts at corner with Dory Jackson and Malcolm Butler. Um, but I kind of get it. You know, you, you that's a lot of money to commit to a secondary that was really bad last year, frankly. And, and I know Butler was a bright spot in that. And Dory has played good football before. But I don't necessarily blame the Titans for wanting to 
just go in a totally different direction on defense uh, from a personnel standpoint. And and I know there's some arguments to be made about whether they should have just done that with coaching instead of the personnel, but um, you know, obviously <laughs> they've made their decision there um, and, yeah. and they're telling us that they think it's the personnel. So we'll see if they're right. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. That was the big question I had in the season and Jonathan, I don't, I, I know that you and I had discussions about that, but just, bring Jonathan in here on this one. I know what, what was your overall, if, if it's the players that the coach are saying the problems and, and, you know, when some of these players had performed at a different level before, what does that tell you about the coaching staff? And, and are you concerned with, with these moves? Like as Mike just stated out. Oh, I'm absolutely confused or concerned with it and confused. It's one of those, I mean, with Malcolm Butler, he, he almost felt like the defense was so bad and he had overperformed it, that he was going to play his way into another, um, contract or at least continuing on the one he has but when they signed him to this contract everybody kind of earmarked this offseason as a as a probable cut candidate so they were just so bad you almost kind of had to question it like are they actually going to do it but no, no real shocker there and I think Kendall Lamb you know we talk about wanting to get younger wanting to get cheaper they, that's what they did they got younger and cheaper he's a little bit more of an athlete than Dennis Kelly so um, y- y- none of those were too shocking to me but as far as players versus coaches there's no to say it's all players like you said we've had players that uh, we, we've seen these players play at a higher level than what they did last year and then to say it's not like there was a slight drop off from a top 10 defense to a middle of the pack defense I will continue to say it because I think it's both hilarious and sad that if this defense was just bad this team probably wins the Super Bowl instead they were historically bad and so you know that can't only be players especially the players you chose to bring here yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, it's kind of a head-scratcher for me. Uh, you know, the offensive line, I thought, was pieced together last year. Um, but the one that got me was Malcolm Butler. I get you're trying to get younger, trying to get cheaper. But he seemed to be the high performer on defense, right, or at least the most consistent uh, from, from a standpoint. But, you know, they did what they did. They didn't address the coaching staff. And I, and I kind of, I guess, for me, I was hoping that they were at least going to make an example of a few guys or at least make some sort of, like, I don't know, exciting announcement that they were adding something doing anything it just it just it, it unfortunately it brings in the whole arguments of of is variables equal ego getting in the way those kind of things but you know we've been saying it for years trust the process trust the plan mike where are you at with this trusting the process trusting the plan based on who they've brought in so far it doesn't based on rumors which are just rumors at this point they could they might not be done in free agency with sammy Watkins. rumors flying out there i know he's i think he's in baltimore tonight going to indianapolis tomorrow uh adding lamb adding jack rabbit you know those kinds of things adding some pieces and, and reynolds of course where are you with with the, the ego thing are you tr- still trusting the process and all that good stuff you know i i think you know, it's not like a blind trust thing, right? Like, I think they're not so good that you just close your eyes and say, all right, well, whatever they did, it's probably pretty smart. Like, Bill Belichick earned that right. And even he now maybe, <laughs> you know, doesn't quite have that uh, that same, you know, level of uh, trust within his own fan base uh, that, that he once had, given the way that they've kind of uh, proceeded the last few off seasons. But, I mean, I guess the point is, at the end of the day, like, all these, all these teams hit and miss with signings, with draft picks. Um, you know, if you look, and, and I made the point on F-Words pod uh, today, actually, that, you know, 
if you go back and look at the Chiefs drafts over the last few years and, and look at how many guys they've taken in the top three rounds that are just nobodies or, or, or haven't panned out at all. It's a pretty high amount. Um, and we think of them as this great run organization and everything like that. Well, it, it's not – nobody's perfect, I guess, is the point that, that I'm trying to make. And the Titans certainly aren't perfect, and, and there's certainly going to be moves that they make this offseason that are not going to work out. Like, every offseason they've had moves that have panned out and some that haven't. Um, and last season, I, you know, there was definitely more that didn't, uh, and, and that's a troubling, uh, you know, kind of trend line. But if you go back to 2019, like 90% of them hit. So – it's kind of, uh, you know, you got to hit more than you miss on, on a bigger, like, big picture, I think. Uh, look at things. But, you know, this is a big offseason for them because they're clearly kind of shaking up the snow globe here um, and, and deciding that, you know, the status quo was not w- worth protecting. The status quo needed to be uh, flipped around. And, and, you know, they they took – took some guys off and are adding guys like, you know, obviously Bud Dupree kind of being the big name uh, so far, but, but I think they've made some pretty smart uh, moves with Autry and Jenkins. Um, But, you know, it's going to be interesting. They're certainly not done. I don't think as far as free agency and then obviously the draft where they've got an extra top 100 pick this year, which is kind of nice too. But um, yeah, it's, I I don't think it's a trust the process situation. I, I think they certainly are within, uh, the realm of being criticized, but, but, uh, you know, also don't think they should be on the hot seat next necessarily. Right. Like I, I think I, they're kind of somewhere in the middle, like they've been pretty good overall. They could be better. Um, obviously everyone wants to go win a super bowl. Um, and, and we'll see if they can, you know, push the needle in that direction this off season. Yeah, I agree that they're not on the hot seat, but at the same time, if you're reading tea leaves, I don't think they're as far away from being on it as other people would say either. You're talking about a team that is built around a running back position that Derrick Henry's great and all, but Father Time's undefeated. That window's going to maybe closing, depending on what you think of Ryan Tannehill. I think he's great for this team. I don't think he's good enough to carry a team sans that kind of a threat out of the backfield. AJ Brown's great. Uh, this window could close in a hurry, and you need look. Then, then people, you know, winning cures everything, right? When when this team is winning, people say, "Okay, cool, they're, they're a great team. They open this up. Well, okay, great, but that that winning when it goes away, people are going to start looking at." how many first-round picks have been missed and they're not playing on their second contract. You're going to look at those free agents that you brought in and completely whiffed on. There is a lot of uh, fuel for that those fires. So I think, yeah, they're not on the hot seat, but I also don't think they're too far away from it. Yeah, I think it's funny when you, when both of you mentioned that you know winning cures things because you alluded to it as well with your Kansas City talking about how they missed in the draft, Mike, and how uh, New England may be coming into question now. But I mean, winning does seem to to cover up a lot of those deficiencies and hide errors and, and things like that. But it's just kind of funny with this fan base because it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. A lot of times because. 11 and five division champs and still people aren't happy. And I get it. Goals should be Super Bowls, but you know, you can call a, a season success overall and still have a lot of flaws and people aren't above being criticized for sure. And missing like, on Isaiah Wilson's a big one too, but kudos to at least kudos for cutting bait when they did, you know, those kind of things. So yeah, they have, they definitely had some misses, especially last off season. You know, the difference though is, you know, whenever you look at how the Titans are built, that window, because of the position you're built around, sure. uh, when you look at Kansas City, they, 
they ain't gonna be on the hot seat because guess what? When when you're built around a 25 year old, 26 year old, whatever, it's right. gonna it's gonna play for a minimum of another decade uh, at that high of a years. level. <laughs> guess what? Yolo in the draft. Just throw darts and you're gonna right. hit on certain things. Take your risks on these athletes that you can go in there because guess what? That's how important the quarterback position is to the game of football. That they will transcend those myths. They will make other players around them better surely on their talent alone and importance of the position. That ain't the case here. And Tannehill, I'm sorry. I I think, look, if you look at those guys like those Peyton Mannings, Peyton Manning can win with with a coach as bad as Adam Gase. Tannehill ain't that guy. So it's got to be a situation where it has to be that symbiotic relationship. And and you got to either pull – you rather be on the front end on both a front office and coaching staff, just like you would a player. Pull the plug a year early before the bottom falls out, and that's a tougher thing to say. But uh, ne- next year is really a do or die year for them. Yeah, and that brings me back to my. Uh, you kind of mentioned it there about uh, Peyton being able to work with any kind of coach and, and not. So you, there was a big shift, and a lot of people were arguing: was it the you know Alex or excuse me, was it? Uh, Art Smith, almost called him Alex Smith. Apologies there, Art Smith or Tannehill. Who made who better? You know who who was what? And, and Mike, just you studied a lot of film. You and I are, are offensive minded guys. You know, I I love the offensive line. I, I focus a little more there, but you definitely have some great thoughts there. But so, are you concerned at all with losing Art Smith and with Tannehill? And, and like Jonathan's suggesting that if Tannehill falls flat, then this kind of this 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 stand this platforms you built for this team might fall apart in a hurry. Yeah, I think you you have to be concerned anytime you lose a coordinator, especially one that's been ultra successful like like Arthur Smith was. Um although I, I do think so Tannehill to me is a guy that I, I don't think he is a Manning. He's not a Mahomes. He, he's not a guy that's going to elevate and, uh, and overcome a ton of deficiencies for you. I think he does need a good supporting cast. He does need a good system, but I, I think he's in that system. And I think Todd Downing, you know, for, you know, whatever you want to say about what he did with the Raiders in 2017, he's been here for a couple of years. He's seen what works for Tannehill, what works in this system with Tannehill. And, and I think that's largely going to continue. I, you know, it's going to be the same concepts, the same scheme. Um, you know, sure, he's going to bring in some wrinkles. And frankly, I think if you look, you know, I, I've been I'm, – I'm as big an Arthur Smith champion as there was out there, and I thought some of the criticism he took after the playoff game was a little bit ridiculous. But if there is a criticism to be made of Arthur Smith, I think relying so much on – Derrick Henry and then the play action passing game and not developing that drop back game to kind of complement that or, or to have it as a backup when a team just like the Ravens did d- decides to sell out against the run. Like where, where do you, what is your counterpunch to that? It can't just be, well, we're just going to hope Derrick Henry can break 80 tackles and go for a touchdown anyways. Um, which I kind of felt like that was sometimes their plan uh, in games where Henry was getting stuffed early on. So, you know, if Downing can push them to a little bit more, you know, sophisticated drop back scheme to go with the the running game and the play action and kind of marry that all up, I think that could be a net win for the Titans. But certainly, that's an unknown. And anytime you have an unknown, it's a little bit uh, worrisome when you've got a, a team that's coming off of a top five offensive season. So you know, and then you throw in the 
you know, how do you replace Corey Davis, Johnny Smith, and, and is Kendall Lamb good enough to be a, a Dennis Kelly approximation? There's a lot of questions, you know, about the offense that we didn't have this time last year. This time last year, it was all continuity and all, well, they're running back the same crew. We're going to get the same results. And that's what we saw. Um, this year, there's a lot more question marks on that side of the ball. Yeah, that's a great way to put that with the question marks because are they going to be uh, – it's a different type of answer, but will it be the right answer for the equation because you've got to find a different way because clearly the same didn't work. You know, it was – I guess you could view it as they didn't get to the AFC Championship game again, so technically that part's probably a failure. They they struggled against Baltimore when, when the chips were down to what I thought was a um, – you know, Tennessee was a better overall team. However, that defense was just, it's, it's tough to carry that de- the defense they had last year. So blow it up, make some changes, maybe you can help. I know, Jonathan, you were famous for what you said earlier about if they just had a bad defense, you know, how far they could go and just not historically bad, just just a bad one. <laughs> you know, so hopefully some of these new players can help. They definitely seem to attack, attack the pass rush with getting some guys who can do some things on a secondary level because that was always my problem reviewing film was watching these guys get stalemated and then just, Nothing. I mean, there's no secondary move. And then when you're hoping the, the you know, the, the, the backups that they've got coming in are going to be your saviors, you're in trouble, you know? And of course there was no big pass rush. And then you've got guys with cements for blocks for Sean Evans, just at every level, there seemed to be a problem and magnified on each other. So definitely going a different route to try to get to the same goal probably isn't a bad thing at this point, I guess, uh, you know, what would be your favorite signing so far, Mike? Let me ask you that. Like, what, what do you, who are you looking forward to the most? I, I, is it Lamb? Because I'm getting a, a positive Lamb, you know, kind of kind of hue from you. <laughs> I, I'm, I am interested in Lamb. I, you know, from what I watched of him, which admittedly isn't a ton just yet. You know, he is a better athlete than Dennis Kelly. Oh, for so sure. I'm kind of intrigued by that. Um, but. The guy that I'm most excited to watch is probably Bud Dupree, which is, you know, the obvious answer. Um, You know, I I think the Titans needed a pass rush so bad, and you mentioned guys just dying on blocks, and, and that happened so much. And and for what Bud Dupree is, and I, I don't think he's necessarily like, a revolutionary edge bending, uh, you know, Von Miller sack artist type uh, guy. But I, I think he's a super high effort player. He definitely has a little bit more of a pass rush plan than I think what, what we saw from most of the Titans rushers last year. Um, so any place with a, a, explosiveness and a violence that I think is going to endear him to the fan base very quickly, um, which is just fun to watch. Uh, but the guy that I think is actually the best value signing that they've made so far is Danico Autry. He's a guy that can rush from like multiple spots. He can line up at your three technique. He can line up at the five technique. You can run, run him outside a defensive end. If you really want to, um, he can do a lot of things for you across the line and he can pass rush from all those spots. He had a nine sack season as, as primarily a three tech, uh, he had a seven and a half sack season as primarily a defensive end. So, and th- those are both within the last three years here. So to get a guy like that for seven and a half million dollars a year, um, or actually a little less than that, I think is a tremendous bargain. And I'm very excited to see, I guess that pairing, maybe my answer is, is Autry plus, um, Dupree, what does that do? And what does that do for Simmons and Landry opposite them? Because I think they could have a big impact on the production of those two guys that are coming back from the Titans front. 
Yeah, that's a that's a great point right there, Mike. And I'm gonna jump in there because it, it's when you look at some of the other signings that you've seen them make. I, you know, Kendall Lamb isn't making, regardless of if he's good or not, he's not making Taylor Lewan better. He he's not making Nate Davis better, in my opinion. Uh, Josh Reynolds, depth guy, he's not gonna make AJ Brown better. Um, you, you're talking about two guys though that should make Simmons and Landry better. And if you're gonna be good at one place on the defense, that's where you want to be good at at pass rush because it can cover up everything else. I mean, if you have really, really bad defensive backs, guess what? If you if they only have to cover for two seconds, awesome. You put yourself in a great spot. Um, and then you look at what they've done in the defensive back room is it has been a shift. It looks like their plan going into next year is going to say, hey, we're going to blitz the hell out of them and play man on the back end and just see where things fall. Because that's where you've seen in the Fulton and the Jenkins and uh, we won't mention Kevin Johnson, but you know, <laughs> whatever. That, it, <laughs> they, that at least seems to be their plan. And I don't hate it. I was calling for it last year where it's like, look, you can either have this slow drip death but it's still coming, and yet now you have less time to respond. Or you blitz, hope for hope for the best, and if not, cool, you give the ball back to the to the part of the team that's actually functioning. So I think it looks like that seems to be the, at least the direction that they're going to go with this. Um, and, and if they can do that, I think that's where both of those, just like you mentioned, there's kind of some exponential improvement outside of just how they improve in a vacuum in the positions that they're playing, but they improve the unit as a whole. All great points. Mike, I know you've got to run. You, you, thank you for spending some time with us uh, this evening, uh, recording this, giving us your thoughts. We got a lot going on. Um, check him out at Mike Miracles on Twitter and every Tuesday at F Words Pod on Twitter as well. Their, their podcast is out. It's always a great listen. Uh, put it on. You, you'll get to hear Zach yell and then Mike try to get a, a rational word in edgewise. And Lebowski just, I can only imagine the look on his face when y'all are recording of just what in the hell is going on. So <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what he looks like. So, Mike, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, hopefully the Titans aren't done yet. If, if so, we'll have a lot to talk about it. Get us up on Twitter and. You know, we'll, we'll get our thoughts out there in our articles. So check us out on, on Broadway, uh, sportsmedia.com there as well. So, Mike, thank you for joining. Jonathan, I'll wrap it up. But, but we thank you, sir. All right. Appreciate you guys having me. All right. Have a good one. See ya. Jonathan, as, as Mike uh, exits there, uh, some great points by him tonight. I mean, it's definitely, you know, I think that it, it, the Titans taking a different stance uh, from years past uh, as far as what they were, were trying to do. Clearly, it wasn't working. And that's, and, that's, and those are problems that you and I had expressed before, right? You know, you can't, you know, the definition of sanity is keeping doing the same thing and, and expecting different results. I hope I got that saying right. <laughs> but basically, you can't keep, you know, doing the same thing and expect different results. And, and kudos to them, I guess. Uh, um, for making some hard decisions from some guys that from all reports that, that the coaching staff really liked. But unfortunately, it's a business decision at the end of the day, as you're famous for saying, and those business decisions will win out. You know, you just got to hope that you're making the right ones because I got to tell you, I think, and let me get your opinion on that, seems to be on the, all on the coaches now that they've made these kind of sweeping changes. Yeah, I mean, and they, they definitely put that put that out there. If you're running back the same coaching staff and changing out all the players, so you're saying the coaches weren't, weren't the problem. So, I, like I said, I said letting off the call, I am not going to be surprised if there are major changes to this team depending on how this season goes because of that. I mean, you put all your chips on the table. There's no hedging your bets at this point.
Right. You, you definitely said that it was the players that were more of the problem than the coaching staff. So, I mean, it's, 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 you, well, you better be right. You know, <laughs> it's some bold choices and some bold moves, but you better be right. And then if, if not, man, I, I can only imagine those calls and those echoes about ego and, 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 and is this the right fit? Those are just going to get louder. And, and to your credit, like you just said, maybe they're not on the hot seat, but, but they're possibly closer than maybe people think. Yeah, I mean, you can you can sit there and, and say they're not on the hot seat, but I think it's naive and not and not look forward thinking to say that they can't get there in a hurry. Exactly. So, um, you know, a little bit of a shorter show uh, tonight. We've we've gone through a couple of the names here. I know I, I when I said big names, I was missing a couple guys, but just wanted to get Mike in pretty quick and get his 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 take on a few things. Uh, you know, obviously they've got the the F words pot out as well uh, weekly. Um, with some great content there, but let me just go to you with some last thoughts here. Like uh, with everything that's been added, all the rumors that are going on, uh, what position and or name would you like to see the target, the Titans target to wrap up this free agency before the draft? Uh, Free agency, Uh, free agency. I, I mean, I think you're getting into a category here where you could get, you start looking at a guy like a clowny that is not going to be the, he's not going to be what you hope Bud Dupree is, but he was pretty much the best defensive lineman on several occasions last year for you as, as the Titans. I think if you're able to get him at a good price, I think that's a value pickup that can have some really, really good results by surrounding him. He, he can play all over the front. We talked about it. You know, it, it's one of those, now you've got some guys that can be those guys that get home. I think that's a guy that you could see them bring in at wide receiver. I think they'll add another depth piece at some point. Now, are you talking about a, uh, it, there's some rumors out there about Sammy Watkins. I think he's fine. I don't think that necessarily alleviates your entire need for, um, for the draft, I still think if the right guy's there, now it does open things up that if you don't get your guy in that first round, that uh, it's not the end of the world. I think if you're trotting Josh Reynolds out there as your number two next year, things did not go as planned. And that's not a knock on Reynolds. I think he's a good piece, but I think that's what he is. He's a piece. So I think either of those two guys, but I really think it's going to be, I, I don't think there's going to be another big name that they bring in outside of if you consider Clowney still that kind of a player. Right. I, I guess you're, you're probably hoping that Reynolds is, is, has got some of those qualities that you can see flash a little bit from times. Cause he's a big bodied receiver. He's got some decent, as, as Mike put in a tweet the other day, some decent NFL speed, which is what, you know, you, you're just hoping to get out there. It's not, not burner by any means, but he, he's got a good catch radius and can do some things. So you're just hoping for a contributor at that point in time. So anything that I'm looking for now is just contributors. I, I've, I studied a little bit of Lamb tape too. I, I think he's fine. I think they can get by if that's their plan. Uh, they've got Tyson Braille come back as well, and he he filled in admirably at left tackle, so maybe he competes for that right tackle spot also. Uh, potentially, I'm not really sure there. We'll have to see what, what maps out. Uh, but there's a good core there as far as the offensive line. There's some good core at the running back and quarterback coming back as well. Um, you know, the draft is the next big question where you want to pick up some pieces. You know, historically, rookies don't always come in and contribute. Quarterback's a little different, but it's, it's not immune to hit and miss also. But there are some positions like tied in everything that can take some time to develop typically. Um, you've got that 22nd pick. Do you think the Titans are going to try to move up at all? I mean, there was the, the reports and whatever. There, there's rumors and all that good stuff. But the reports there at Alabama Pro Day today and – 
the rumor was they were the most interested in Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. I don't know if that what that says, because I don't think either one of those guys are going to be there at 22. So if that's the case and they would be targeting those two specifically or one of those two, they would have to move up, right? I wouldn't be shocked if right. Smith falls because of the size issues. I do think that's going to be a bigger issue. I think it was probably the reason and probably the, some of the feedback he got last year that made him choose to come back. Um, I don't think those have necessarily changed a ton. So I think there will be some teams that have some major concerns with him. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if he dropped. Now, does he drop to 22? I'm not sure. Um so, yeah, you probably have to move up, but you want to be, at least be prepared. It's, and, you know, Waddle is not without risk either. He's a little bit undersized. He's coming off an injury. Um, so, and frankly, he played along the other – he played on the other side of Devontae Smith. So I can easily make the case against either one of them. Right. Um, and, they're, you know, it's a quarterback-heavy draft. I can see one of them dropping. Um now, again, is it the 22? Are they going to possibly move up into the late teens if one of them's there? I could see that. Um, but, you know, I think if you can get Rashad Bateman at 22, I think you could also make an argument for what the Titans like to do. He's the best right. fit of all of them. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's, and that's a name I know in our, in our chats and on a lot of the analysts that we, we follow. That's been a name that's been linked to the Titans for months now as far as just fit, right? And that that's exactly right. He's that type of receiver. Um, and he's got some great tape out there as well. So I, that's my opinion. This this receiving uh, draft class is definitely deep, you know, and, and, and I would personally like to see them address it in multiple rounds depending on where they're going to go because I think there's value late as well. It's just that with the additions they've made through free agency so far, I don't think that there's a glaring where they have to take one position. Um, you pointed it out in, in our chat the other day uh, that possibly this could open them up to be a best player available at 22. Maybe they're open to trading back depending on what, you know, they're looking at and, and who's still there on the board and who they think might still be there if they trade back into the early second round uh, kind of a deal. So just a lot of options there, but what, if you could name, if you had to name one position, if they stuck at 22, what do you think that they would go for? I think it's gotta be a receiver. I think for me, they could look at corner, but I think it's got to be a receiver unless they're all, unless the big four are off the board, then you, then you look at, you're looking for a trade back um, or you're, you're, if you're stuck, you have to go best player available. But I think receiver is the obvious need for the way that this team is built. A couple of years ago, when our podcast was taking to the house sports, we we seemed we did a draft special, and one of the things that we addressed was when the Titans had the two first round picks. That uh, the hot name for one of those two picks was a tight end out of Alabama named OJ Howard, and this fan base, majority of this fan base, fell in love with him. Now, does it, whether that's because a lot of this fan base is possibly also has ties to being Alabama fans. I'm not really sure. Hit or not, there was, I think Mike or somebody did a whole, who is your college team? And Alabama wasn't the majority, but there was 30, you know, 20 to 30% in there. Um, it seems like we're, we're possibly having a segment as well that has fallen in love with Pitts from Florida. Uh, what are your opinions there? I mean, obviously tight end also is kind of possibly a, a need as well. Um, he kind of fits that receiving need a little bit, even though it's not the same position. And I know it's not exactly what you were talking about, but if, if the other three, the big three are off the board, uh, say Bateman's off the board. And for whatever reason, Pitts is sitting there. How do you feel if they go tight end with that 22nd pick? 
Um, if Pitts is sitting there at 22, I'm probably not drafting him because it means he literally murdered somebody. So I'd probably have to pass. <laughs> I, depending on who you believe, uh, he's fallen on boards for some reason. Now, I know those are just mock drafts and all those good things, but there's been some possible, you know, depending, cause like you said, this drafts are weird, right? You know, depending on needs, depending on runs, quarterbacks, the offensive line go higher than they're supposed to at times. I mean, you know, Fisher from Kansas city was number one pick once. I mean, it's just sometimes the tackles go before they're really supposed to. Uh, so a lot of things could shake out. I just got one to get your opinion on, I guess maybe them taking him at 22 if he's there uh, and there's no like red flags or anything, but I mean, it's, it's definitely receiver, uh, all that good stuff. Everything else out of the equation and essentially is Kyle Pitts a good fit on the Titans. I feel dirty even answering this because I think he's going to be gone in the top six picks, but um, <laughs> it, it, we'll, 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 I'll play. Um, I am not sure he fit. I think at that, that point, the value is so great, you have to consider it. Um, I think for the Titans, though, they're not going to be a team. And now this is, you know, depending on what Todd Downing is going to do, but uh, if you look at what they rolled back last year, this is not a team that's going to roll a Travis Kelsey out there and give him 100 targets in a year. Um, I don't he's a willing blocker. I agree with that. So you can get by with him, but for what the Titans like to do at the tight end position, I'm not sure he's a great fit right there. Now that said values value. Um, and that's one of those where I would say again, on the coaches, if you can't find a way to be successful with good players, that's a coaching problem. So I, I, if I'm saying, what do I think the Titans would do? I, I'm not sure that they would see him as a fit. I would say that's an indictment on the Titans though. Yeah, it's the all good points there. And I, I was just being very hypothetical. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I'd seen a little bit of rumor back and forth that he might fall. I don't I agree with you. If he if he goes outside the top ten, something something happened. Uh, I would also take either Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or Zach Wilson <laughs> at twenty-two. If for some reason they tumbled out of the top ten as well. Yeah, I I got you. And definitely good points there. So we'll see what the Titans do. And 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 more importantly, what we'll focus on as we go forward is how's this coaching staff gonna deal with these changes and and, and 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 the expectations that are put on them now because it's like we've said and it's worth saying again it's all on them now it, it's mostly on coaches or should be from time to time because they're the ones making decisions and, and they're they're trying to put people in the right positions but it seems now with the, the titans uh coaching staff has really planted that flag of this is that was the players we're gonna we're, we're gonna keep the same coaching staff and we're going to move forward. So we'll see what decisions they make for the rest of free agency and through the draft. And then we'll be able to analyze once we have actual names and maybe we'll feel a little different about that. But just uh, last question for you before we wrap up gut, just better are the Titans better right now than they were last year? No, no. It's kind of ridiculous because there's still a lot more to go, but I mean, it's, it's definitely, there's, there's some still questions there. And that's, I think that's the problem is that if there's too many questions then you're still a little worried, right? Yeah. Post-draft, I may say yes, but as of right now, no. We'll revisit that later. So, but we're going to close up for now. This has been the Coach's Corner, part of Broadway Sports Network, partnered with 440 Sports. Big thanks to Mike Mike Herndon for joining us. Catch him at, at Mike Miracles on Twitter at FWordsPod. Remember to be sure and check out all of our other podcasts, articles, and video breakdowns that Broadway Sports has to offer at BroadwaySportsMedia.com and on Twitter at BroadwayTN. This show at Coaches on Broad. Make sure you're checking out Jonathan at JB on Broad, myself at Ryan on Broadway. But until next time, we out. See ya.